the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. So, joining me today on the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast, we have Miss Julie Stout. And you are here representing who? The Mahoning Valley Democratic Socialists of America. Okay, folks, you heard that right. <laughs> the Mahoning Valley Democratic Socialists of America. And please tell us why we should not be afraid of the Democratic Socialists. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What do you guys, what are you guys here to represent? What are you guys here to do? And tell us a little bit about how socialism is coming about locally. Actually. I'd like to go back to that first question, if you don't mind. There are some people who should be afraid and who are afraid, who spent money to take out billboards uh, trying to scare people about socialism during the last election. I remember we went and stood out on the highway on Mahoning Avenue underneath one of those billboards that the Mahoning County Republican Party put up that was like, say no to socialism. And we held signs that said, socialism is good, actually. And people drove by and honked, yeah, woo. This is a very union area still. It, no, I totally agree. And those anti-socialism um, yard signs still remain, but I think that socialism has gotten tied up with a lot of other ethoses that are far more afield from where the American population is. So I think, yeah, you can touch on how socialism has brought about a lot of the prosperity that people in the Mahoning Valley did enjoy over the past 100 years and um, how that, you know, maybe still persists here and definitely might be, um, a better way to look going forward than authoritarianism if we can sprinkle in one or the other into our normal political dialogue. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to say about authoritarianism other than I'm punk rock, so I'm totally against any kind of authority. <laughs> but um, in general, the DSA, we don't deal with authoritarianism that much because we actually don't deal with authoritarianism that much here in the Valley. Um, I mean, what's what's been going on lately? We've got COVID, but thankfully in Ohio, we don't have the governor telling us we're not allowed to wear masks, you know? So in terms not of- Not yet, no, he's a, a pretty pro-science uh, Republican. Right, so in terms of authoritarianism, I don't really run up against it in my daily life. If it's still a free country, I mean, you can still say what you want, think what you want, believe what you want, and um, that hasn't been a focus of us. I mean, we are focused on economic issues, the material concerns of the working class. So that does affect each and every person's life in the Valley. And so when you were talking about like, why shouldn't, why should people not be afraid of socialism? No, there are some people who should be very afraid of socialism and those people are the capitalists, right? So if you own <laughs> the means of production, you don't want people to form a union, right? I mean, this is like basic common sense. If you own the factory, you don't want the people at the factory to form a union. And if you don't own a factory, it's probably in your best interest to join a union. Right, right. So I guess like in today's Mahoning Valley, where would you see the inroads for socialism taking place 
first and foremost, and where would they benefit the most people? Well, right now, what we're seeing is the growth of the warehouse industry in the Valley. And um, we're definitely building socialism there. Um, TJX, the mm -hmm. large warehouse out in Lordstown, they, right. um, they just voted to unionize. And um, we're going to have more and more labor agitation getting unions started in every workplace that we can. Because what else do workers have? Right. Yeah. A stake um, in the profitability or uh, a seat at the table where the decisions are made are definitely in the interest of the everyday working man. I totally understand. And I get where that, I get where that comes from 100%. Yeah, I'm not interested in a seat at the table, though. I want to throw the whole table over. No, I know. I know. But I think... Uh, <laughs> just making that clear for right, the listeners. Right. I, I am also a pragmatist. So I just try to find out where something that um, has totally been eschewed until recently, like, and, and was as, has gotten totally bastardized in terms of its actual meaning, um, you have to be able to set the groundwork or just let people know what you actually stand for so that they can't, they can't label you as something other. And um, I don't know, I just see a lot of bad mouthing from people who have really nefarious um, uh, ulterior motives uh, towards socialism. And we've had things like, you know, Medicare and social security for a very long time that have worked really well in this country uh, that is socialism light. And so if they could at least realize that there are certain things that the collective can do to benefit them. And I don't know, I guess the uh, we're all in this together philosophy has been lost on people as of late. So it'd be nice to we're kind of get that We're not all back. in this together. We're not all in this together. That's a total lie. We heard that all last year during COVID. Do you really think that Bill Gates is in it together with us? Do you really think that Elon Musk is in it together with us? Do you think that, where do, I mean, is Elon Musk coming over to your house to hang out for a barbecue? No, of course not. That's absurd. Does it is. Elon Musk well, it's absurd to care? think that the uh, I don't know. celebrity I class or people that we look up to in society are anything like us at all. Because if they have the notoriety where they are that well-known, um, then they obviously are far above what the average citizen can understand and comprehend in terms of their day-to-day -day life. I mean, socialism is straight up the workers versus the capitalists. Oh, understanding. Right? And so, yeah. so what we try to do as socialists is we try to make wins for the working class. It's all about the class struggle. Now, we're not at the point like in Bolivia or in Peru in the class struggle in America where we're going to see a revolution. You know, there. who knows if we'll see a revolution in my lifetime? We may, we may not. Nobody could have guessed 10 years ago the conditions that we are seeing in the country today, right? I mean, nobody can see the future. Nobody has a crystal ball. But as socialists, if we can't bring about a revolution, which isn't apparent to be happening anytime soon in the United States, you know, I mean, capitalism rules this country. Sure. Um, we can at least try to make wins for the working 
capitalizing class and losses for the capitalist class. So there are a lot of things that socialists care about that aren't actually socialism, right? I mean, just like there's a lot of things that Democrats care about and Republicans care about that aren't really germane to those parties either, right? So like socialists generally like kitties and puppies, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's not that's not socialism. No, um, no. But the, the definitions or like what constitutes a Democrat or a Republican certainly does change from year to year, as we've seen recently. Um, and absolutely. I think what constitutes a conservative or a liberal, though, is a little more um, withstanding. So I think, you know, if you have a philosophy that can be far more rigid and um, unswayable than your than your affiliation because you know as as someone who con you know considers themselves a liberal i don't consider myself a democrat anymore although i would uh, side with them on a lot of things so i just like to be able to be a pragmatist and not completely align myself with anyone at this point so that's part of our struggle in DSA is how to be pragmatic and how to gain as much power as we can and to use what power we have wisely. Um, over the past year, we've been working on uh, campaigns for Medicare for all. And that has been so sad, just really sad because universal healthcare is something that 70% of Americans say that we want. We want universal health care. Um, people can't afford to go to the doctors. They can't afford their co-pays. They can't afford their deductibles. They can't afford the prescriptions. And so they put off going to the doctor at all because yeah. they can't afford it. And our public it. health suffers because of it. And the rates of bankruptcy because of medical bills just keeps going up and up and up. Absolutely. It's, it's a crisis of a first world country that is completely avoidable. I, I agree. So so in January, we put together a panel of nurses, doctors, patients, people who are struggling with medical debt, people who are struggling with their medical insurance. And we um, contacted Tim Ryan's office and said, hey, we've got this bill coming up in Congress, H.R. 1976, Medicare for all. This would give, this would be a total win for America. And it, it, we are the only industrialized country in the world that does not have universal health care, right? Correct. So socialists want universal health care, but the fact of the matter is there's plenty of capitalist countries in the world that have universal health care, right? Japan has universal health care. South Korea has universal health care. So this really isn't an issue where the capitalists can't just throw us a bone. You know, we shouldn't have to have uh, an entire... I No, I understand, but, you know, the medical field constitutes a sixth of the entire economy, so they're thinking of themselves that they probably don't wipe on, want to wipe out that much of the entire pie. And uh, there's going to be some hesitancy. Um, I am totally for the public option because I think if you garner the resources of the federal government, you're looking at probably outpacing the private sector and what you're able to provide your customers with, um, you know, just based on that buying power and uh, that arm wringing that you're able to do. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that in a, in the right direction, but I also know that there's a lot of irresponsibility that would come with Medicare for all. I haven't seen it worked out on paper to where I can fully 
ascribe myself to it, but it makes sense to me because as the richest country in the nation, it should be a fundamental right and should have been something that should have been worked into our framework a long time ago. The problem is, is that our, the, the meat hooks of industry and capitalism have gotten themselves so far entangled into, you know, the health and the daily lives of Americans, it's going to be really difficult to extrapolate. Right. So right now you have 70% of Americans saying, Oh, it's a winner at the polls. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. He's saying we want our health care. And then mm -hmm. you have 1% of the country who is making obscene profits off of other people's suffering. Sure. And so that's why it comes down to the class struggle. And that's why it's an issue for us as socialists. It's saying, whose country is it? Is this Bill Gates country? No, it's my country. It's your country. And the, the people who right now own all the wealth, they're going to have to share it. They don't want to share it. They're going to do everything they can to avoid sharing it. And that's why we have to under, understand that it's a struggle. This isn't something where we're just going to convince rich people to end poverty just because they're nice guys. No, I totally no. agree. So it's the same reason that if you just so happen to not be a power-hungry person by nature and you don't want to have the levers of power at your fingertips, that makes you a good person. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that the people who are power-hungry aren't going to be the only people going for elected office. So like you said, you kind of have to, you, you can never fall asleep at the wheel because the rich and the powerful are going to be the ones who continue to make the rules and laws in their favor. And so, like you said, you always have to be able to make wins for the common man. And when you can get public sentiment on your side is when that happens the most. So I guess, like, you have the left and the right struggle. And unfortunately, one side has been taught to vote against their self-interest a little more intrinsically by the party. So to me, it seems like there needs to be more convincing of those on the right that universal health care and possible taxation, however it may be increased or on whoever it may be increased, is necessary for the common good. That seems like something that the right needs more uh, arm twisting on than the left. Did you agree with that? Actually, um, according to the polls, the majority of Republicans support Medicare for all, which was a surprise to me, right? Because we think of everything in sort of this duality and this polarization. Um, but the majority of Republicans also support Medicare for all. It's something, it's an issue that we're looking at where it comes down to the haves and the have nots. And most Republicans are have nots. Most Republicans are not in the 1% that control and own well statistically all. most everyone is not in the one percent <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah. so um but, but what i'm getting at is that they can be in lockstep if they are told that this looks like socialism in any way they will run from it from the hills if you ask them uh if it gets you know couched to them in a different light then they will vote for it 90 10 against it you know i mean if you it, it all depends on how it gets asked to them because certain words are no-nos and boogeymans and they're going to run away. Well, I mean, that's one of the the things that DSA... It's a branding is, exercise. ...is about, is about educating people and getting away from the branding and the buzzwords and come down to 
How much is your rent? How much is your health insurance? How much is your car payment? You know, it's like the meat and potatoes of we have to live and we have to buy groceries. And this is the sure. life that we're living. But I wanted to get back to what I was saying before about Tim Ryan, about how we put together this panel to ask Tim Ryan to co-sponsor Medicare for All. And uh, he didn't want to come anywhere near us. Hmm. He kept pu putting us off, putting us off, refused to meet with us, refused to meet with us, refused to meet with us. And finally had a member of his staff meet with us who listened to what we had to say, utterly blew us off, said she would get back to us, and then we never heard from her again. Sure. Um, so I want to challenge Democrats in the Valley to take a hard look at Tim Ryan for Senate and be like, what have you done for me lately? I'm really happy that today Morgan Harper announced her candidacy for Senate, and I will definitely be campaigning for her. Okay. She supports universal health care, and she supports Medicare for all. And I think there's no reason why Democrats in the Valley should automatically hand their vote to Tim Ryan. Heard Tim that. Ryan has not done anything for me, and I, I don't think that he deserves it. He doesn't deserve what – what have we heard from him this week? He went to Lima and, and talked about how great it was that he got money for us to build more tanks. Do we need tanks right now? I mean, even The military-industrial complex is a job maker and has been for a long time in the state of Ohio, so the man knows exactly what he has to do from time to time. Do, uh, do, can you take I, a tank to Afghanistan? No, but you can give it to uh, you can give it to a local police department for free, and you can pay somebody a very nice wage on a possible union wage, um, you know, some really nice dollars you know, for many years to build it. You know what else you can pay people <laughs> a union tough. wage? You so many also, other things. So many so other things. many other things. So I understand. Things. That is, that is a topic for another day because I'm all about make work and I'm all about federal make work and I'm all about doing it for the right reason. So why don't you come back and we can discuss that, okay? Awesome. All right, Julie, thank you so much. I had a great time. Yes, thank you for having me on. All right, we'll talk to you soon.